You're listening to the ProcureTech Podcast, your weekly show for all that's cooking in the digital procurement space. Yes, we've got the hottest startups, thought leadership and conversation from visionary industry experts and definitely no stiff corporate content. I'm your host, James Meads, procurement pro, digital nomad and ProcureTech fanboy. And now here's this week's show. Yes, hello, greetings, and a very warm welcome to another episode of the ProcureTech podcast, where we look at everything that is fun, innovative, and exciting in the digital procurement space. This week, we're taking on a topic that is very, very relevant in today's marketplace right now, given all of the supply chain crises and geopolitical challenges that we face within the procurement community. My guest today is from an e-sourcing solution, but instead of taking the usual approach to talking about e-sourcing around sort of strategic long-term tenders for, for long contracts, we're going to be looking actually at how AI and how predictive sourcing can really look at something that is very much more spot and operational and transactional and, and transactional in nature, even though the spend on the particular category that we're going to take as an example is usually very, very high. So I won't keep you in suspense any longer. Uh, my guest today is Alan Holland, who is CEO of Irish-based e-sourcing technology company Kielvar. Alan, warm welcome to the show. I'm delighted to join you, James. Thank you. So, Alan, just jumping in, first of all, for those who don't know you, just maybe give a really quick introduction of what Kielvar is and who you serve. And then we can perhaps dive in a little bit to understand what differentiates you from some of your competitors, because this is you know, a very competitive marketplace. And we have had some sort of similar solutions onto the show in the past as well. So Kielvar is a, a sourcing software vendor and we emerged from a university research lab, and that has very much in informed our DNA and how we approach problems and how we approach the market. So I used to be a lecturer in artificial intelligence in University College Cork, and I taught intelligent systems to graduate students in the computer science department. And our mission is to help procurement teams scale sourcing excellence. So we're, we're on a mission to help primarily large enterprises uh, apply best practice in their negotiations with suppliers and also scale that so that they can apply it in all negotiations with all suppliers in, in all spend categories. That's really interesting to hear your background because I don't think there are many procurement tech companies that came out of a, a computer a computer science department at a, at a university. So how do you see that that gives you a competitive advantage because there's always the challenge, isn't there? That, and, I, and I've been guilty of this in the past to say that you know a lot of procurement tech companies aren't founded or aren't mentored or advised by procurement pros. How do you see that play to your advantage? I suppose it's the it's the very heart of our competitive advantage is our approach to solving these problems for procurement it comes from a perspective of computer scientist, and I'm often asked how. I got into this domain if I was a lecturer in a computer science department and it kind of gets back to side projects I was doing for my parents' company when I was a PhD student. They, they used to have to interact with procurement teams when they were selling chemicals. They had a small 
water treatment chemical company. And I could see that from their perspective, the interactions were quite frustrating and they had to complete RFQs in, in the form of spreadsheets. They never knew which which combination of factories or plants they would have to deliver chemicals to, at what price or what aggregate volume they'd receive. So they never knew which, where to place the storage, how much to invest in manufacturing equipment and so on. So really, as a computer scientist, I could see this is a data problem and that procurement needed to be collecting much richer information from suppliers. So whilst I was attending some AI conferences, I could see that some computer scientists were looking at the problem of uh, finding more efficiency in uh, electronic commerce settings. And it all revolved around allowing bidders to share rich information and package bids, conditional discounts, capacity constraints and such such like. And But that leads to a, a, com- a complicated winner determination problem. And you need algorithms to solve this winner determination problem. So that's very much at the heart of why we felt that there's win-win outcomes here because if procurement teams gather richer information from suppliers, suppliers can lower their costs and increase their margins. So that was how things got started. Yeah. And data is becoming an increasingly important discussion in the procurement community. Finally, I have to add, you know, I've been personally talking about it for years and years, how poor data impacts procurement in a negative sense. So I I think we're all on the same page with that one. Competitors in your space tend to focus more on strategic sourcing, whereas Kielvar also has a function that enables optimization of of spot sourcing. And I won't keep the listeners in suspension any longer. What we're going to talk about as a specific example is uh, spot purchasing of ocean freight. What differentiates yourself then Bearing in mind that I've had the Archlet and Fair Market and BidOps or, or Orchestra, as they recently rebranded to on the show, and they're all to some extent playing in a similar space, albeit they have a different USP. So perhaps you could just spend a, a minute or two walking through what Kielvar does differently to those companies for anyone that's perhaps listened to some prior episodes. And then we can jump into you know how the solution can help to optimize or, or ensure that the buyer of freight and transportation can get the best out of the market on on spot ocean, especially in the market that they're facing right now with container shortages and supply chain challenges and longer lead times and well just the price challenges as well. Uh, yes. So ocean freight is a very good example of a spend category that displays different challenges, orthogonal challenges for logistics procurement teams. On the one side you have your you could have your strategic sourcing events that take a long time to complete and it can take months to negotiate uh, your longer term contracted rates with ocean carriers if, if you're a big enterprise. And our, our primary competitive advantage over anybody else was that we're the best in the world at supporting very large scale negotiations that require considerable flexibility in, in the rules around your sourcing process. So you can have great flexibility in terms of the feedback and scenarios you compute at different iterations of the negotiation process. And no matter how big or complicated your negotiation is, 
we can u- usually help knock a, a lot of time off that negotiation and you can generate significant cost savings by finding expressive uh, alternatives and packages that you can award to carriers so that they improve their utilization factors. That's So that's very often an entry point for us with large enterprises and, and we deal with almost 100 of the world's largest 500 shippers. But then the the other major challenge for logistics procurement teams, particularly those in ocean freight, is that as soon as you have agreed your contracted rates with carriers, things change. Your your network requirements change. You have new origins or destination ports. So every day or every week, you're going back out to market with mini tenders to get updated contracted rates for new lanes. And we have sourcing bots that can automate this process so that a sourcing bot for a, let's say, a Nestle could be very different to a sourcing bot for a Microsoft or a Schneider Electric or um, that we provide great flexibility in terms of the process, the negotiation process you can automate because that underlying sourcing optimizer is a very powerful and flexible workflow engine and we have a native automation framework that will allow you great flexibility in terms of what you can automate. Yeah, and ocean freight is of course very, very different to something that is a more classic direct materials or purchase parts commodity where you know you're going out and you're scheduling typically X thousand widgets every week or every month. With ocean freight, just through the nature of what it is, I mean you hit you hit the nail on the head that requirements constantly change especially if you're in an industry like consumer goods where i came from where you know you're you're introducing new distribution channels all the time and and bringing in raw materials from different suppliers in in different countries when you put out a tender to these ocean carriers typically they reward you for predictability that's part of their pricing model right so if by the nature of your business you're not able to give them that you know, if you don't have set sailings every week or every month from one named port to another named port, which is you know typically what they love to get because it gives them an advantage for capacity planning, how can you approach that then with your other other than speeding up the end-to-end process through using sourcing bots? What other technology can you deploy to enable the logistics buyer to be able to to get the best spot pricing on the market for that? I suppose that capability is embedded in within the sourcing bots so that when requests come in, that if there is predictability and regularity in the demand pattern, then that's gathered at the request stage and that is shared with the carriers. So and in, invariably their bidding behavior changes if they do have that predictability and regularity in requirements and the transportation requirements. But it's the same sourcing bot that can run your bid event uh, for that predictable demand versus unpredictable demand. And you do get higher rates if there is uh, less committed volume uh, or if there's greater unpredictability in, um, in the demand. 
Hey, so just a quick interlude to let you know about procurementsoftware.site. This is a new website that I recently launched to give you, the listener, a free-to-access intuitive guide to digital procurement technology. You can filter on a multitude of different criteria and pick out a short list of procurement software solutions that are relevant to your business and your needs in less time than it takes to boil an egg. No corporate subscriptions, no complex jargon, and definitely no pay-to-play model. We are a completely transparent, open book, and we really want to get your feedback on what we can really do to make this user experience better and constantly improve so as we're providing value to you. Check out procurementsoftware.site. And now let's get right back to this week's podcast. And how do you deal with some of the port-related charges that are usually just passed through by the by the freight forwarder or the ocean carrier? Because that's when I was a logistics procurement manager, I found getting transparency on those and getting carriers to price those in the same way was was definitely let's let's say it a challenge. Respectfully, <laughs> it was uh, it was very difficult to get transparency on that pricing, and and it was a real battle to to force them to to quote that in the same way. Is is there a way that your software can optimize that? I suppose each each of our customers has great flexibility in terms of how they want to design that bid sheet. So each instance of our sourcing bot that's automating. Uh, the sourcing process would be asking for different things. So if you're a very large shipper with extremely large volume, typically you get to dictate to the carriers what what the mandatory fields are. And if you determine that port handling fees are mandatory cost elements to be included in their overall offer, then they can't submit a bid without including those fees. We, we deal with, I suppose, such large shippers that he who pays the piper calls it a tune and they get to call the tune usually. Yeah. And, and with, the, with the sourcing bot that you deploy then, what's the, what, what's the main win from the, from the buyer's perspective? Is it time or is it data quality or, or bringing everything into one sort of single source of truth and, and avoiding emails getting buried in people's inboxes? Or is it a mix of all three of those? Yeah, it's a it's a mix, for, and I would say it depends on what industry you're in. The, for some of our customers, the primary benefit is the time saved, and I would say that's the number one thing. One of our customers benchmarked the time saving as as ninety three percent of the time usually required for these mini tenders in ocean freight or, or air freight. It was ninety three percent of the workload was reduced, so that they could spend their time on other things. There's, there's many things machines can't do. And there's uh, plenty of other work for people in procurement. So that was seen as the top benefit, but other benefits included the consistency in the process, that the process would always follow a predetermined pr- uh, procedure that gathered all of the mandatory data required for successful conclusion and the addition of new rates to the rate card. So that compliance part is another benefit, but also the savings that you get from being able to go to more carriers in parallel. For a sourcing bot, it's not an additional, it's not a heavy lift to go out to more carriers in parallel. So it's easier 
to scale a strategy where you speak to many more potential suppliers and get generate more competitive tension in the process. Uh, and it's also faster, right, to get things done. You know, when, when the work comes in, it's kicked off immediately. There's no waiting time to for somebody in procurement to kick off a mini tender process. And when that pricing comes back from the bot, is that typically in a spreadsheet form that's then that's then uploaded into Kielvar, or, or how how exactly does it work? Maybe just talk us through that a little bit. Yeah, so in all, all of the bid data is is collected online, so it's it's not in spreadsheet. You know, whereas let's say in strategic sourcing negotiations that could be for thousands of lanes, very often carriers like to download those and work on a spreadsheet offline and then upload them. But in these these faster paced mini tenders where this might only be a few aggregated, you know, a few lanes in a weekly bid, then it's all done online. And when the bot has concluded the process, it turns, it, there's a chatbot interface where it converses with a human approver to ask, here are the scenarios we've evaluated. This is the lowest cost option. This is the fastest option, or this this may be the the most environmentally friendly option. Would you like an an alternative to any of these three? And if you wanted something in between A and B, then it could produce a scenario that's between A and B. And you then choose to award. And when you choose to award, then messages go out to the relevant suppliers, the uh, award notices or notices of not being awarded business and the rates are then automatically added to a rate card so that uh, new searches for those rates or contracted rates will uh, you will have your known carrier and the known agreed rate and with with bots or with any type of ai typically the, the the machine or the bot is only as smart as the as the person that's programmed it or told it what to do. So I, I, I think I know the answer to this already, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Does someone that's using this need to have a pretty good grasp of logistics procurement as a category? I mean, you couldn't just give it to a, a rookie buyer, I guess, thinking that the technology will just work its magic on its own. I mean, you have to tell it what to evaluate the criteria on, I suspect, right? Yeah, indeed. Usually... Usually the same the same individuals who, who operate the strategic sourcing event on an annual basis are the same personnel who are acting as approvers and have knowledge of who the strategic relationships are with. And if you wanted to bias in favor of certain providers over others because you have aggregate volume commitments, etc. Usually there's somebody knowledgeable who's approving the suggested actions from the bot yes yeah because if you mentioned environmentally friendly someone is going to have to tell that bot how they calculate co2 emissions or what they define as being environmentally friendly or sustainable in that particular case i guess i mean short shortest route is pretty easy because i mean google maps can tell you that but something like sustainability is a bit more nuanced isn't it in terms of how you measure it that's correct and uh, you know but we see an emerging uh, quickly emerging future whereby the bot becomes more tightly integrated with more data sources so that if you're receiving bids from carriers and it's it's for transportation from Miami to Oslo and you see that 
there's three carriers competing. You can uh, interact, if a bot can interact with third-party data sources to ascertain which vessels will be used and what age are the vessels and what's the average CO2 emissions per TEU on that vessel, uh, then you can start to, I suppose, be very quantitative about expected scope three emissions. Right. And because you can be quantitative and you can measure these quite accurately, then you can bias. And if you have an an internal cost of carbon, for example, then you have all the information you might need for the bot to automatically evaluate those trade-offs. And I think the best performing procurement and supply chain management teams are looking at processes for how to scale that type of sourcing excellence and automate it. Yeah, and it's something that, I mean, transportation is a massive area, isn't it, for potential optimization or reduction in in CO2 emissions, not only just looking at the length of a particular transport lane, but container optimization is a massive one as well, isn't it, or or full truckload optimization in the case of road transport. Is that something also that you can program into it as well in terms of doing if this, then that scenarios in terms of, you know, if I wait a week to ensure that I have an FCL rather than an LCL shipment, what would be the impact both in terms of cost and lead time and and CO2 emissions? That's it. That's a very good point because we have FCL bots and LCL bots. And what I suppose the next uh, step will be these bots talking to each other and looking at alternatives so that when you go to markets, that you could start to evaluate whether it's air or ocean or whether it's FCL or LCL and that you can do this optimization of modes, um, mode selection, that it's, it's a natural next step. It's not something we've done yet, but it, uh, we can see that need emerging. Yeah, and almost just thinking uh, thinking with my commercial hat on, it's, it could over time then potentially take away the need for a, for a 3PL or a 4PL to manage it. It, it could then facilitate a little bit more vertical integration in terms of how companies purchase logistics, couldn't it, in theory? Yes, in theory. I think that there's considerably more road testing to be done too, but I, you can you can see a natural expansion uh, in that direction occurring. That's that's yeah, definitely true. I'm going to go back to something that you mentioned in, in one of your answers a few minutes back. So I just wanted to drill down on that a little bit more. When, as you, as you alluded to with, with logistics procurement, especially with ocean freight, you typically have a pool of lanes that are, that are repeatable lanes that go from one specified port at origin to, to a destination port. And yes, the frequency and the type of loads may vary there. And then on the other hand, you have completely spot requirements that may be just a one-off or it may just be a, a regular shipment for a few weeks or months during a specific project or, uh, or uplift in production somewhere that would, that would then typically not be served on, under any, any list of, of approved lanes or, or, or transport routes. So could you maybe just spend a little time telling us how Kielvar's sourcing solution and sourcing bot would differentiate between those two? Because the reason I'm asking this is there are sourcing platforms out there that specifically focus on logistics procurement, which are more geared towards strategic long-term awards of business, whereas Spot 
tends to be a lot more tactical in its nature. So be interesting to dig in a little bit more to understand from a tech perspective how you how you tackle those. Yeah, I think from from our perspective that the approach to sourcing excellence shouldn't change that considerably based upon the total volume you're going to market. I mean, your strategy when you're sourcing should clearly change. If you have larger spend volume, then you want to leverage that more um, than if it's a pure spot request. But the data you're collecting and the terms of service, be it a one-off spot load versus a a slightly larger tactical mini tender versus a, an annual strategic sourcing event that we would look at your bid sheet design and, and the key attributes. What's the key in, in, information attribute you're sharing with the market? And what's the key information points you're gathering from carriers that you should aim to gather the same information and in, in round one of your bidding, let's say. And if it was a larger spend volume, you may have multiple rounds of bidding. But if it's a spot bid, it's just a once-off bid and it's closed over a, a short period of time or you wait until you have three or four bids or whatever the case may be. And But the structure of the information that's passed from you and it's gathered from the market shouldn't change uh, that much and so we would say that the sourcing bot you can use for very small small medium or large larger sourcing events is very it's quite similar and that all you're all you're saying differently during that negotiation is that okay this is a one once off uh, movement or this is a going to be 10 movements per week for 20 weeks um, and you get different, you know, then it's up to the, your carriers and how they respond to adjust their responses in accordance with these volumes. So keep it the same, right? That's key. You know, your approach to going to market shouldn't, shouldn't be adapted too much. Got it. Okay. And just before we close out, we've obviously spent a lot of time today talking about ocean freight as a specific example, but the technology in terms of what Kielvar does is is category agnostic, right? So maybe just give just to give everyone a flavor who's maybe not involved in ocean freight but could get some value from from your solution. What what other categories have you seen some real successes in within your client base? We would deal with many of the world's largest retailers, pharmaceutical, automotive, industrial goods companies, and many of them would be using our software for quite a a range of categories from packaging to temporary labor, uh, steel parts and vehicle fleet, fuel, uh, electricity. There are many spend categories where the cost structures among your suppliers are complex. Yeah. So wherever your, your suppliers have complex cost structures and they would like to quote Terms and conditions and conditionality around their offers and, and offer package bids, con, you know, conditional offers, and they have capacity constraints in certain locations. Or if it's either or conditions, they'd like to win business over here or, or over there, but not both. Then the more information you invite of that nature, then the more savings opportunities you facilitate for yourself as a buying organization, but also for your suppliers. 
So the most mature procurement functions strive to apply sourcing optimization as widely as possible. And then those high performers who are using the sourcing optimizer for strategic negotiations, they also realize that we should also be automating sourcing optimization. So let's apply sourcing optimization for all sourcing events so that even if there's two lots in your bid event, let's say it's a two lane mini tender for ocean freight. And if one carrier wants to say, here's my price on A or B, or I give you a 10% discount for both, let them. You can only gain from it. Right. So what I'm hearing then is it it needs to be a complex category where there is a lot of scenario or condition based analysis that that needs to be that needs to be performed based on the complexity of of the customer's operation and um, and manufacturing footprint in in many yeah. cases. But it can be it can be equally applied to both direct and indirect categories, which in and of itself is reasonably unique in that most sourcing solutions, particularly the ones that are sort of more higher end and and more enterprise focused, generally speaking, tend to focus on one or the other. So that's, that's, I think, a a, a real differentiator there. So final question, Alan, and this is the easiest one. If anybody would like to learn a little bit more about Kielvar or perhaps book a demo and get in touch with you, then where is the best place that they can connect? Uh, So on kielvar.com, I there is an option to uh, book a demo or request a meeting and um, anybody in our sales team would be happy to set that up and talk to you. Awesome. Alan, it's been a pleasure digging into Ocean Freight a little bit more. It takes me back to uh, my days in logistics procurement. And if I'm perfectly honest, I'm quite glad I'm not having to source Ocean Freight right now as we speak. Uh, all the very best. Good luck and keep in touch. Thank you, James. So that was Alan from Kielvar, and we dug in and nerded out a little bit there about ocean freight, something that I've personally got some background of procuring in the past. So hopefully it wasn't too technical for you and you still managed to understand what the value concept there is and how it can really apply to other categories too, uh, regardless of, uh, of what it is that you're buying. Just one quick last thing before we sign off. Don't forget to check out procurementsoftware.site, which is our free-to-use tool for buyers out there. If you're looking for the right procurement technology that's relevant to your business and your industry sector, then this is a free to use resource where you can find the right software according to multiple criteria in less time than it takes to boil an egg. Check it out. We'd love to get your feedback on there. We recently launched it just a couple of months ago. So we'd love to hear any buyer-related feedback of really how we can improve it and help you get the very most out of what we're offering. Until next time, take care, look after yourselves, and we'll be back with another episode this time next week. Thank you for listening and bye for now.